Live from the WTAD studios in the Lincoln Douglas Building in downtown Quincy, it's time to pull up a chair and assemble today's WTAD News Roundtable. Welcome to the Tuesday edition of the News Roundtable. Quaid checking in. I'm joined in studio uh, by Scott Hardy and Steve Bull. Hi-o. Coming up uh, on the back half of today's show. Uh, are you ready for some creative ways to uh, get more revenue? Uh, perhaps even at the federal uh, level. There's been another motor fuel tax proposed in the Senate in Springfield, but also, and we've talked about this before, at the federal level in Washington, D.C., there's talk of uh, increased gas taxes, or maybe, maybe what everybody's looking to is something that we've talked about for several years now, and every so often it percolates uh, up. Uh, to the surface, and then will disappear when people start getting upset about it, and that is the vehicle miles traveled tax. This is popping up again, this time in D.C., which reminds me that perhaps we haven't heard the ra- the last of this. Steve's already given me the stink eye. Uh, we haven't heard the last of this in the land of Lincoln or the tri-states, and Representative Sam Graves even chimed in on this at the national level. So we'll uh, discuss uh, more fuel taxes and transitioning, perhaps, or additioning the VMT coming up on the back half of today's show. But first things first, in with all the latest from the WTAD newsroom, say good morning to Scott Hardy. Good morning, Quaid. Good morning, everybody. Hancock County authorities have identified both the victim and the suspect in a fatal shooting Monday in Pontusic. Hancock County Sheriff Scott Benzinger this morning said that 67-year-old Michael DeHaven was found dead in his home in the 600 block of 4th Street in Pontusic, and that his son, 36-year-old Andrew Duhaven, has been arrested in connection with the crime. A report says around 8.30 Monday morning, Andrew Duhaven told a neighbor to call the sheriff's office, saying he had just killed his father. Ben Singer says that after his arrest, the younger Duhaven also admitted to detectives that he had committed the murder. Duhaven's being held in the Hancock County Jail, and formal charges are expected to be filed today. The Moore administration has introduced the first components of a plan designed to increase Quincy's population over the next 10 years. The Quincy City Council heard and approved a first reading of a proposed ordinance last night that would establish a retail incentive program as part of Mayor Kyle Moore's 45 by 30 plan. That's set up to increase the city's population to 45,000 by 2030. As laid out in a presentation last fall, the incentives include a redevelopment program for buildings 20 years older or older, which would rebate a portion of sales taxes collected at the store. Also part of the ordinance are incentives for specialty retailers and an anchor attraction program where national chains would receive incentives to move into currently empty anchor stores. Those incentives are being paid for through the one-cent food and beverage tax passed in the fall. Moore says that if the city doesn't act to attract new businesses, Quincy could have to deal with several different problems. 
first and foremost, blight, but it's going to uh, mean uh, you know, tax reductions, not only in sales tax, because people aren't shopping here, but also property tax. And that affects every taxing body uh, across our uh, city and in our county. Moore also gave a preview of what the council will hear two weeks from now when the ordinance will have its final reading. We're also going to be talking about a uh, retail marketing program, which, again, we talked about in the 45 by 30 presentation. So essentially, uh, we're going to be rolling out, um, except for the um, incentives to get people to move here, we're going to be rolling that out here in the next, uh, you know, four to five months. Sixth Ward Alderman Richie Reese, who had opposed the food and beverage tax, thinks the council should approve the incentives. I will say that uh, since it's passed, the council passed this, we need to uh, we need to move forward and uh, I think we need to uh, look into getting businesses in these empty stores, so it's uh, more likely something that I will support. Council also approved a first reading of an ordinance to annex nine properties into the city, most of which are on 24th Street, just north of Locust. Only nine members of the council were at the meeting last night. Apparently there's a bit of a flu flu bug going through city hall and city government, so that is why... Pray for me, gentlemen, that I don't catch it. It's been less than a year since gas taxes were raised in Illinois. Those gas prices could be going up again. New bill will allow local governments to vote on whether they'd like to increase the fuel tax locally by three cents. That's after the state's gas tax doubled from 19 to 38 cents in July. Previous increase went toward Governor J.B. Pritzker's $45 billion capital plan, largely aimed at fixing Illinois roads. Democratic State Senator Bill Cunningham of Chicago is introducing a bill he says is at the request of the Illinois Municipal League and mayors across the, the state, which would enable them to fund street repairs in local communities. Some cities like Springfield and Quincy are home rule municipalities already have the option to tax as well. The bill would make it an option for all cities to apply that tax. Culver Stockton College has found who it wants to run the college after the retirement of current president Dr. Kelly Thompson. The school announced Monday that its board of trustees elected Dr. Douglas Palmer as its 27th president last Thursday. Palmer will start at the school July 1st and replaces Dr. Thompson, who's retiring June 30th. Palmer served as provost, vice president of academic affairs, and dean at Walsh University in North Canton, Ohio, since 2015. He was acting president for a segment of 2018 during a medical leave taken by the school's president. Statement from Culver Stockton says that while Palmer was at Walsh, he directed the building design planning and assisted with the development and fundraising for the school's $11 million Global Learning Center, which opened in 2018. Culver Stockton is raising funds with plans to build a similar center. Western Illinois University will be getting nearly $9 million from the state to help build a new center for the performing arts. Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker announced Monday the Illinois Capital Development Board has released $8.9 million to WIU to restart the Center for the Performing Arts Project on the Macomb campus. State first announced funding for the center's construction in 2014, but the project stalled after the November 2014 election. According to Interim Provost Billy Clow, the release of the $9 million will allow for an update by an architectural team. It's part of the reappropriated $89 million recently announced by Governor Pritzker. The Center for the Performing Arts will include about a 1,400-seat proscenium theater auditorium, 250-seat thrust stage, and a 150-seat studio theater. It'll be on the southwest side of the campus, and construction could begin as soon as this fall. WIU students interested in careers in marijuana will have the opportunity through a new cannabis production minor set to debut this fall at the school. Western's Faculty Senate approved the new minor at its meeting last Tuesday. 
The minor, offered through WIU School of Agriculture, will be 18 to 19 credit hours, with additional coursework offered through the Department of Biological Sciences. School officials say the new course and minor are, quote, perfect complements to WIU's comprehensive agriculture degree program. And a Chicago radio station is reporting that federal investigators are looking into a 2012 email written by a Quincy native to the staff of then-Illinois Governor Pat Quinn. WBEZ is reporting that federal prosecutors in Chicago are now scrutinizing that email, in which Mike McLean, lauded state worker and fellow Quincy and Forrest Ashby, who, quote, kept his mouth shut about an unspecified, quote, rape in champagne, end quote. McLean's a longtime confidant to Illinois House Speaker Michael Madigan, and is also a central figure in the ongoing probe into Commonwealth Edison Springfield lobbying activities as well. That is a look at the latest in local news. Of course, we'll have more for you throughout the afternoon right here on WTAD.com and also on our Twitter pages and our social media pages, including Facebook. One note for uh, those of you to consider, there will be no Adams County board meeting tonight. Uh, that has been delayed to Wednesday. The reason why is because if they were to have held the meeting tonight, it would have violated the Open Meetings Act because they didn't post formal notice of the meeting until uh, Monday afternoon, and you need to post that 48 hours yeah. in advance, so it should have been done on Friday. So, Thank you very much, sir. Mm-hmm. So it will be tomorrow. It will be tomorrow. tomorrow Same bat time. Same bad channel. All right. Thank you very much, sir. 1015. We'll take a time out when we come back. You heard Scott mention uh, briefly about uh, a proposed uh, uh, allowance, uh, a bill to allow municipalities uh, that aren't covered under home rule to put an extra tax on fuel. But that's not the only idea bouncing around when it comes to gasoline. Uh, We'll get into the Illinois plans and the federal conversation next on the News Roundtable. WTAD. Do that! Don't do that. Here's Steve. Steve, right as the as bumper the is playing, and we're putting out. our headsets on. Steve, from his phone, throws out a headline, lobs a bomb at me to get a response as he's turning the mic up. Like, don't do that. I don't want to take away from your topic, so I'm not going to bring it up. Yet. Don't, don't. I didn't even hear what he said. I, I'm not sure either, but it had something to do with with gender identity, and I think Catholic schools. Catholic I think I heard schools. those two. Those cluster of words come out of his mouth not necessarily in that order but i'm like don't don't throw that out at me as we're getting ready to come back to the show what are you doing we're ready to talk about gas taxes oh yeah because uh, and that steve's already given me the stink eye perhaps that's what this is about he's already a little surly that I even brought it up, so he's going to lob a bomb at me as we're coming back to the show. Nikki McGee, uh, during the news part, uh, the local news part, you heard Scott talk about uh, a bill that has been uh, brought forward uh, that would allow municipalities around the state to tack on three cents uh, tax to uh, fuel. 
Um, now, home rule municipalities, as Scott mentioned in the story, have already had the ability to do it. Quincy's a home rule municipality. I would say most of the cities of, what, 25,000 or more people? Something like that, yeah. Have home rule. They already have the ability to do that. This bill would allow smaller uh, towns and communities to be able to, to do that uh, as well. Now, please know... Uh, that uh, Senator Cunningham, yeah, it's in the Senate where this has uh, been brought forward. Senator Cunningham says, uh, as of right now, he's not sure that that he'll take any action on this this year. I'm not saying it's because Steve gave me the stink eye, and therefore Senator Cunningham <laughs> got yeah. it secondhand. I'm sure that's it. I, I, I don't, I don't Did he know. Catch a chill? Ooh, <laughs> I better not do that. But he Ooh. says he's not not sure that if there'll be action taken on this this year. He said uh, he would first want to see a consensus around the state brought to him by the Scotland, Illinois Municipal League. Right. Which is what they're, this this is just hey let me. Put my finger in the air and say, no, you guys are still a little surly about the <laughs> doubling the, of the gas tax? All that's, right. That's the IML having Cunningham put his finger up in the yeah. air and do it. You guys, hey, do it. Oh, do us a favor. Do us a favor, Bill. There's a whole lot of stink eye going around the state still. All righty. However, when we talk about, uh, we entered into this era of uh, the desire for revenue. And that's taxes and the need to pay for stuff, whether it's upkeep on infrastructure, paying down uh, old debts, uh, paying for promises made in decades past. Uh, There is a need statewide for revenue. Now, when you expand that view out to a national level, obviously infrastructure is something that you have to take care of uh, with the interstate system. Uh, in this conversation about raising the national uh, fuel tax, the federal fuel tax, uh, has come up previously, uh, especially when you're talking about people on the Transportation Committee. This is how, I mean, Missouri goes through this, it seems like, every couple of years. We talk about, uh, you know, having a vote to uh, pay to upgrade roads and bridges, roads and bridges. Now, obviously, there's more things that have to do with transportation than roads and bridges. Uh, in Illinois, they doubled the fuel tax to, you know, jumpstart this effort uh, to fix up our infrastructure here uh, in the state. You have to maintain things at a particular level. One of the things, if you remember, that was brought up when uh, J.B. Pritzker was running for office was the vehicle miles traveled uh, tax. That is a tax not on the fuel that you pump into your car, but on the number of miles that you drive, this is meant to uh, offset the fact that cars get better fuel mileage or you have electric vehicles these days. Uh, because not all vehicles use the same things, there's obviously a need for, for better mileage. That's uh, something that we've been pushing for, I don't know, all of our lives. So now all of a sudden the tax money coming in from that isn't what it used to be. This is when you hear people talk about regressive tax. You find ways to get around it, avoid it, not have it be such a big thing in your life. But eventually you come to a place where eh, we're not we're not covering it here. We're not getting it done. So all of a sudden, the vehicle miles traveled conversation begins. And it's not a new conversation. It didn't start with J.B. Pritzker. It was going on before that at the national level. Representative Sam Graves, who covers the whole northern part 
of the Show Me State is the Republican ranking member of the House uh, Transportation and Infrastructure Committee. Um, he's very much up on the idea of uh, fuel taxes and the VMT. Uh, this report from Jessica Wehrman uh, says that uh, Representative Graves backs the VMT uh, idea. Uh, other also quoted in the story, Senator Grassley from Iowa on the fact that uh, an an additional fuel tax at the federal level is politically unpalatable, meaning we're really not in the mood for that right now as voters. Um, there are others who are on this uh, committee, and there's a group called the Mileage-Based User Fee Alliance. That's actually a group. Uh, that is working toward getting our country and our people, our citizens, to a place where this VMT will be more acceptable. I don't know that you might have to wait until generations pass pass by before. I, I think a younger generation isn't going to look at uh, having that intrusion as such a big deal. They've spent their whole lives walking around with phones that are connected to GPS and are uh, accessible in many different ways. However, uh, those of us from the old school are a little uneasy about having something in our car, even though we have our phone, something in our car that can easily track where we are at any moment in time. Even though if you have a uh, newer model vehicle with the uh, interconnected system... Like OnStar. Like OnStar, or even like the uh, in-console dash things... You already, you already have it. You yes. already do. Yeah. So the, the the VMT is something that when it gets brought up, immediately there are stink eyes flying around the room like Steve gave me. And I wasn't even talking about the VMT at that particular time. Uh, at this point, the people at the mileage-based user fee alliance are saying, we're, we're in a place where we're still testing things that need to be done. Translation, people still aren't ready to have what they consider this level of intrusion into uh, their lives. Um, Jack Basso is also at the mileage-based user fee alliance, said, look, people aren't ready for a VMT right now. We should just go ahead and raise the gas tax at the federal level 15 cents, stabilize a fund, and then over a 10 to 15-year period, move to something akin to a mileage-based user fee, something akin. Not sure what akin is. It's a kind of a way of saying, this is ultimately our goal, but we don't want to just hit you upside the head with it. So we're going to slowly transition to it, although at some point in time you have to commit in a full leap or not. Like Scott said, there are vehicles out there that have this technology inside of them already. Uh, uh, older vehicles that do not, you would have to have a device that gets installed or plugs in someplace mm -hmm. uh, within your vehicle. It really wouldn't be so complicated other than the fact that it's the government making you have this in your vehicle, and this is where that line gets stepped over for a lot of people. Uh, cited many times by, well, J.B. Pritzker when he was running for office. There's a program in Oregon that's uh, testing this out right now. I had no idea the size of the program that Oregon had put together. They started it back in 2015. Uh, they cited it as relatively successful. Uh, they say about 1,800 drivers have gone through 
their VMT program, uh, and in total, 700 are enrolled today. When I saw those numbers, I was stunned. I really thought this pilot program would be bigger than that. It's, it shows you that when there's an opt-in, a lot of people aren't opting in for this right now. 1,800 drivers over four and a half, five years and 700 current would be a small number, even if it was just in the city of Quincy where this pilot program was going on. To give you an idea, uh, you have the opt-in for the totes, mm-hmm. much larger. There had to be thousands of people who signed up for that to make it uh, palatable for the city to, to utilize. Think about, that's just in this city. This is the opt-in for a VMT. In the whole state, there are 700 people enrolled in it. Right now. Now, they may cite this as relatively successful, but I would tell you 700 people in a state and only 1,800 overall in four and a half, five years, that's infinitesimal when you get right down. I don't, I don't, you say, okay, there's not a lot of people in Oregon. There's still more people in Oregon, uh, as a state than, you know, just a small significant area than 700, 1,800 people. Uh, please be aware that there are going to be some things attached to this, like, hey, this is a way you can keep track of your kids when they're out with the car. How about that? Wouldn't that appeal to you? All right, well, but you're the kid, too, now. And government would be mom and dad. That's the struggle point where we're at as a society. Uh, One of the people said, look, uh, Pete DeFazio, who is the chairman of the Transportation Infrastructure uh, Committee in the House says, we are ultimately going to move to VMT, but we're not there. There's no way to instantly convert the country to VMT because it's not palatable to the taxpayer today. That is the Tuesday edition of the News Roundtable. We'll be back tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. You should be here, too. The News Roundtable will reconvene tomorrow morning at 10.06 a.m. on AM 930 WTAD. Podcast available online at WTAD.com.